This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, agencies get suggestions from Congress's audit wing on how to save the most money. The U.S. Marshal Service is going to need some help with all the crypto that's been seized recently. Meanwhile, a flurry of accidents has the Navy and Marine Corps taking a look at their safety procedures. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Agencies have saved or avoided spending $552 billion after addressing recommendations from the Government Accountability Office. But after taking action on about three-quarters of nearly 1,300 actions, agencies can still save billions of dollars more. GAO finds 94 ways that Congress and agencies can improve federal efficiency. Some of those actions fall to the Departments of Energy and Health and Human Services. Comptroller General Gene Dodaro says agencies should prioritize recommendations that would save the most money, along with those that directly impact public health and safety. One of Comptroller General Gene Dodaro's suggestions was for Congress to designate one federal agency to develop a national strategy for diet-related chronic health conditions. The new department would reduce overlap between the 21 agencies and over 200 federal efforts dealing with diet and health issues, which is costly for the health care system. The recommendation was one of the 94 actions the Government Accountability Office suggested Congress and agencies could take in their 12th annual report to reduce overlapping actions and save billions of dollars. Over the past 11 annual reports, the government has at least partially implemented 74% of the recommendations and saved or avoided spending $535 billion. Ten states urge a federal appeals court to keep the Biden administration from enforcing its vaccine mandate for federal contractors. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more on that. Missouri and Nebraska lead the coalition of states telling the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit not to overturn an injunction that prevents the federal government from enforcing its vaccination mandate for federal contractor employees. The states argue the policy amounts to government overreach and would include about a fifth of the U.S. workforce. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit heard oral arguments in April in a similar case led by the state of Georgia. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. House committee members clash over the future of telework for federal employees. Here's Federal News Network's Drew Friedman. The House Oversight and Reform Committee considers Virginia Representative Jerry Connolly's bill to expand federal telework programs. But some committee members like Georgia Representative Jody Heiss say federal employees must make a full return to the office to best serve the public. Connolly reports that telework during the pandemic resulted in higher productivity and employee satisfaction. He adds that feds have continued to do their jobs and serve the public while working from home. Drew Friedman, Federal News Network. Managers across the federal government need to take faster actions to improve working environments for people with disabilities. Disability inclusion experts said at a seminar held by the Partnership for Public Service and the Boston Consulting Group that agencies should encourage a mentorship program to create a promotion pipeline for more people with disabilities to be leaders. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission found on average that people with disabilities were 53 percent more likely to involuntarily leave the federal government. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission found on average people with disabilities were 53 percent more likely to involuntarily leave the federal government than people without disabilities between 2014 and 2018. 
Other suggestions for inclusive environments includes viewing accessibility as productivity tools instead of budget burdens and creating encouraging workplaces for people to feel safe self-identifying. The Department of Homeland Security's watchdog helped DHS recover or avoid spending $11 million during a recent six-month period. The DHS Inspector General's office reported a total of $63 million in recoveries, fines, and restitution between October 1, 2021 and March 31, 2022. The office closed 296 investigations during that period. The IG says its inquiries led to 45 arrests, 38 indictments, 62 convictions, and 18 personnel actions over that six-month period. The U.S. Marshals Service has its work cut out managing cryptocurrency seized by the Justice Department. DOJ's Inspector General's office finds the Marshals Service in September 2021 held 22 different types of seized cryptocurrencies worth about $466 million. The IG finds the agency lacks adequate policies or a system to keep track of these cryptocurrencies. The IG says the Marshals Service is looking to contract out its management of them, which should address some of the IG's concerns. The latest audit of the Defense Department's biggest IT business systems reveals some major gaps. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. 15 out of DOD's 25 major IT business programs lack a supply chain risk management plan. That's according to a new report from the Government Accountability Office. DOD budgeted more than $38 billion in 2022 for the 25 software programs GAO reviewed. But the report says the 15 programs who lack supply chain risk plans are more susceptible to threats like internal malware insertion or data exposure in a cloud environment. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. U.S. Cyber Command is preparing for its increased budget authority that starts in 2024. Executive Director Dave Frederick said Cybercom is going to prioritize joint cyber training and the joint cyber warfighting architecture, Right now, those programs are both managed across multiple branches. Frederick said the new budget authorities will allow Cybercom to align the funding for those efforts. That will improve efficiencies and effectiveness and allow a more agile response to the changing cyber threat environment. U.S. Cyber Command also wants to prioritize future investments in machine learning. That's why it's running a broader survey of machine learning requirements across the DoD in conjunction with DIU, DARPA, and the new CDAO. Executive Director Dave Frederick said he hopes to have a better handle on those priorities later this fall. But two areas he's currently looking at investing in are synthetic users and continuous monitoring. The Navy and Marine Corps are taking a safety pause after fatal accidents. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni has more. Earlier this week, the Navy and Marine Corps took time to review safety measures and conduct training on the threat and error process. The pause comes after aviation accidents rocked the services this month. Two of those accidents were fatal. The Department of the Navy said in a statement that safety remains one of its top priorities and that the pause was necessary to maintain readiness. So far this year, the Navy and Marine Corps have had nine Class A mishaps, which is terminology for the most serious crashes, resulting in damage totaling $2.5 million or more. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. Space Systems Command says it's working with a buy-first policy when procuring new space products. In order to get space weaponry into the battle space faster, the command is looking to see if any industry solutions will work best before it uses resources building something itself. The command is also prioritizing solutions from allies as well by sharing space on satellites and cooperating on projects. And GSA has plans to improve the process to get a new or renew current schedule contracts. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has the details. The General Services Administration wants to know if its current process for vendors to submit an offer to get on the schedule contract could be improved. GSA released a request for information yesterday seeking industry and agency feedback on four distinct schedule workflows. 
The first is for existing contractors seeking to renew their contracts. The second and third are for new companies wanting to get on the schedules, either through the Startup Springboard or through the Transactional Data Reporting or TDR offer. The fourth is for joint ventures. Responses to the RFI are due June 30th. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.